business around around this eight podcast. <laughs> Speaking of. Yeah, that's a great intro. Mm. Uh, today's episode, we're going to be talking predominantly about a bit of a tricky subject, I guess, like going from novice to pro. Mm. So, I don't know, whatever that fuck that means. Um, there's no real pro here. But I guess going from novice or beginning to being good to winning yeah. like a national title, I guess, is kind of like what we would be getting at. Um, why don't you start? Like, I mean, obviously, you're at that level. You started somewhere and now you're novice. You started at. <laughs> doing all right. Did you do a novice comp? There weren't novice yeah. comps when I started. <laughs> I don't think. I did novice there bowsing comps. They were just comps. Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, they were just comps. I did novice bowsing comp. What's your story? Go from the start. Tell us, like. My story. But you got to start from before. You can't just start from, like, strong man. Like, because that's. I actually had this kind of like conversation with a client over the weekend that was sort of mm. like uh, expressed something and I said like I've been doing this 10 years right to be good and like the, but that's not my and he was comparing himself to other people and mm. I was like oh, do, 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 do. <laughs> training age like yeah. you've been training for two years right yeah. this person you've been comparing yourself to has been training for 10 years but strong man for two yep. no fucking wonder they're getting <laughs> like results faster right yep. um, go talk to me Training age. How far back do we go? It actually doesn't have to go back that far. Monkey bars don't count at like grade four kinder. Uh, back in 1988, <laughs> a mum and a dad <laughs> loved each other very much. Um, so in terms of gym, I think yeah. the first time I really walked... Oh, I did it in school. Fourth time you walked? No, walked into a gym, ah, I was yeah, going to say. I thought um, we had this conversation about how far we're going <laughs> back, but I got confused for a second. No, nah, like I did surf lifesaving stuff, yep. um, rugby league mm, as a active, kid. Yeah. Standard things. Yep. Um, did little bits of gym in high school, but that was that was the sport that you picked if you didn't actually want to do sport. Yeah. Because you just walk around the gym and just mess about. Yeah. Those who can't teach, teach gym. Yeah, those, like who you can go do do those who can't sport do gym. <laughs> yeah, it's like you can go do soccer or you yeah. can do this. And I'm like, I actually have to run Yeah, and someone's going to watch me do it. Whereas the gym, you can kind of just do whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, probably like 19. Yeah. Because I spent after footy pretty much just skating, snowboarding, wakeboarding, When you say footy, AFL or like rugby? Rugby. Yeah, okay. From New South. Yeah. So, yeah. Actual, real. Football. Right Josh, you wouldn't like that funny. one. Oh. <laughs> wow. Unbelievable. It's just the eternal argument. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My only defense is for that every other sport gets played somewhere else in the world. AFL is the only one that doesn't. Because no one's only hot else. enough. <laughs> no one's cared True. to take it on. Why <laughs> is that? What is that? Yeah. No one's gone, oh, that's pretty cool. Maybe we'll try yeah. that. Mm, true. So, um, yeah, probably about 19. Yeah. And I think it was my parents that got the gym membership. And they're like, yep. oh, yeah, my brother will go and I'll go. And I'm like, yeah, I'll come along. And that's about. Fam gym membership. Yeah. Like local community center. Yeah, real small. Yeah. Um, and then eventually mum and dad stopped going and just got bored with it. Yeah. And then my brother eventually stopped going and I just didn't. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> like I was really surprised because like when I was skating I'd walk yeah. past people that like would come in and out of the gym or like bigger guys and yeah. I'm like 
Yeah. <laughs> wanker. Yeah. <laughs> Just like very this. different world. <laughs> yeah. Like, How's that imaginary lad syndrome going for you, bro? Yeah. Just laughing at those oh, people. Smoking bongs and doing kickflips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think because half the guys that I played footy with kept playing football. Yeah. And they were in there. Yeah. Wankers also. Oh, no. We, no we like you. You're all right. <laughs> no, no. <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but I think learning to be bad at something again. Yeah. Because I'd walk in and grab like 15, 20 kilo dumbbells and just mm, fail. And I'm like, I don't know why I'm failing. Yeah. It doesn't hurt. I just can't keep going. And then like those guys that kept playing footy and training would just like pop up heavier dumbbells. And I'm like, I'm a little bitch. Yeah. <laughs> God I don't damn like it. I'm this. the bottom of the food chain again. Yeah. So I did that for probably two years. Mm-hmm. And then as everyone does, you just do that. And then you look at bodybuilding mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, that's the obvious thing to go to. Yeah. Looking yeah, back on it gym now. Bro thing. Yeah. yeah. When you're a gym bro, the next thing is bodybuilding. Bodybuilding. I'm like, I could do that maybe. Do a I, bump. Th- I think that's our age showing as well, maybe. Yeah. Like back in our day, back when we were like 15, 16, I mean, you're 19 or whatever. Mm. But like that was kind of, if you went to the gym, that's all that was kind of around. Yeah. Like powerlifting, Oh, like strength sports, like CrossFit wasn't really a thing by that point. No. So there wasn't really an evolution besides bodybuilding when like I started and like yeah. when Lee was 19, where now, you know, because of social media, it's very different. Like we've got 16 mm. year old kids in here pulling huge weights and they're absolutely crushing it. And I guess that was their evolution was like, oh, cool. Like I'm going to become a TikTok lifter. I'm going to do powerlifting. Yeah. Or I'm going to do like strongman or whatever it is. But like back when we started, like that wasn't like strength sports, wasn't an evolution. Everyone just did bodybuilding. Like if you yeah. went to the gym, the next big thing or the next thing you did wasn't go to a powerlifting comp or strongman or whatever. I mean, it depends what gym you're in, but it was just bodybuilding, right? Yeah. We didn't have Larry Wheels. Yeah. We had Ziz. Yeah. yeah, we had <laughs> That's the difference. That's the only person that yeah, you would yeah. see that would half do anything that would train. And you're like, he looks kind of jacked. He looks kind of lean. <laughs> he's, he's going like, to festivals. He's, he's, just living the, he's living the life. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't a Ziz fan. You Myron? Yeah, you Myron. You Myron, bro. I hated it when I was younger. Yeah. And then as I got older, I look back on it now and I'm like, I can appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate (laughs) it more now. At the time, I was a bit elitist for that already. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, went and prepped myself for a bodybuilding comp. Yeah. Me being me, I'm like, how hard can it be? Yeah. But actually looked up everything and I'm like, okay, this is how I track everything. This is what I need to do. This is what some random forum... Whatever I found on the internet, this is how much I should eat. Worked it all out. Did, yeah, like an IFBB comp in New South. Mm-hmm. And was like 70 kilos and tiny. IFBB. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have like old pictures of me. Yeah, yeah. Real, real small. <laughs> yeah. Real small. Yeah. Very, very small. Um, so did that. Enjoyed it. Yeah. Like the process was horrible. But I learned so much and mm-hmm. I got so much better at it. And then the next year, hired like a friend as a coach to do like the nutrition side of things and got about six weeks out and was like, I hate this. Yeah. Because my approach was basically staff through the week, super low carbs, super low calorie, and then big refeed on the weekend. Yeah. So my whole world revolved around yeah, like yeah, that like the weekend. Day, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
and then it just really got out of hand. Yeah. Um, and then he went with more of like just a strict, strict, strict approach, like yeah. plain chicken, <clears throat> yeah. plain veggies, everything. So I got six weeks out and I was just yeah. like, I'm done. Yeah. I hate this. Um, and then saw people doing CrossFit. Yeah. So at the time I was at like Doherty's out at Dandenong. Mm, yeah. OG. With bodybuilding people. Yeah. Dark gym, lifting heavy weights, wearing stringers. Mm. And then was just, just like... <laughs> would have. Yeah. Yeah. Would have done um, just before you, I reckon. And then saw people doing CrossFit stuff, which I'd, once again, previously hung shit on. Yeah. The same with the guys that actually went to the... It seems to be a trend. Mm. Everybody I laugh at, yeah. a couple of years <laughs> I later, I become... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, gym guys wearing string yeah. wankers. <laughs> Two years later, I'm like, ah. Uh. Damn it. Yeah. Crossfit is pussies. <laughs> Two years later. Damn it. <laughs> and then I would have looked, actually, I'm pretty sure at that stage, I would have posted something about like, big, fat, strong guys can be as strong as they want, but they're still yeah, fat. Yeah, yeah, that's a skinny guy thing to post. <laughs> they're still too. fat. Yeah. yeah, they'll always be fat. Years later. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm strong. <laughs> yeah. So um, went and did that because it was all about like, I saw people climbing ropes and doing handstands and yep. doing fun stuff that I used yeah, to do cool. when I'd skate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like there's no mirrors. Like big kid again. Yeah. Because I got to the stage where I'd stand in front of the mirror and be like, am I getting bigger? Yeah. So am I objective. getting leaner? Yeah. To the point where I just look at it every day and yeah. like, I'm going backwards. Yeah. I'm getting worse. Yeah. And yeah, went and did that and it was so much fun. Yeah. So much fun. All that mattered was what I did. So me coming from bodybuilding, don't know how to clean anything, don't know how to use my whole body. Mm. Um, so my push press was like, do this. Yeah. So a big and then press that being shit again, skill acquisition, yep. feeling like the small fish in the big pond kind of thing again. Yeah, going yeah. into CrossFit and they're like, look, you're really strong. You just have no idea what you're doing. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that... Shows potential. And what yes. a great precursor to, or like what a perfect storm to start Strongman to yeah. coming from bodybuilding, a whole heap of accessory, hypertrophy work, you yep. get some size on, you start to develop some coordination, some yep. like mind muscle connection, whatever you want to call it. Whatever you Do call it. Yeah. yeah, like, uh, and then you move into, so you take that like, built cross-sectional area and like your new physique uh, and throw it into something where there's potential to develop some more skill to yep. learn how to create extension or full body extension, triple extension better, yep. do all these fun coordinated movements and start to move weight. Mm. So, I mean, what better two precursors to the next evolution, which obviously was Strongman. Yeah, looking back on it, it all mixed so well by mm. accident Perfectly. even the way that i did bodybuilding yeah a lot of volume every yep. different angle i could try to hit yep. and i didn't like barbell stuff yeah i didn't deadlift i didn't really squat because i was bad at them yeah benching hurt my shoulders so i just did dumbbells yeah so i could press like 45 50 kilo dumbbells for like two or three reps yeah. and i could bench the same weight on a barbell, barbell. yeah as dumbbells yeah and then now, years later, I'm like, my shoulders are just so stable. I have mm. no instabilities. Yeah. I have no, like, weakness here. Yeah. And it's because I just sat there with dumbbells. So many, yeah. Doing a heap of work. Yeah. And then, yeah, CrossFit started using barbells, started trying to push press. Yeah. Um, learn how to squat. Mm. Like skill acquisition more so. Yeah. yeah. So I think then my deadlift was, like, 210 yeah. or 220. And yeah. it was hard and mm. ugly. 
Mm-hmm. Um, did that for about a year. Yeah. Um, realized that doing the group classes were super limiting and I was like, I need to get stronger at weightlifting. Mm-hmm. I need to do that because I want to be better. Yeah. Me being me, I walk into a place and I'm like, okay, how do you get, like, how do you be the best? Yeah. <laughs> What's the best? Yeah. And they're like, oh, people go to regionals and then they do this. And I'm like, okay, I want to try and do that. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, cool, 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 cool. Yeah. yeah. So like, where do I sign up? <laughs> yeah. Do the 40 minute class. And they're like, you can play around after if you yeah. want. And I saw someone doing muscle ups and I'm like, I want to do that. Yeah. Like, oh, it takes a long time. Like you have to practice and do this with rings. And I'm like, can't I just try? And just every day after the group class, I would jump yeah. up there and do that until my arms yeah. wouldn't work. Yeah. And then like three weeks later, I was like, up. Oh. Yeah. And they're like, you picked that up quick. I'm like, well, spent like half an hour a day until I can't mm. every single day. Yeah. Did the same with handstands. I'm like, I want to be able to handstand. Yeah. And just kept hammering that. So by the time I got to the end, they, well, the guy that ran it wanted me to do more of the classes and you're not really allowed to do what you want to do. Mm. At least back then. Nah, it's it was very, a bit more regimented. Yeah, now they don't care as much. Sort of like you have open training times. We've doing the class, doing the class, right? Yeah, that didn't have open training yeah. times at the yeah, time. Yeah, so yeah. it was just when the classes were yeah. on, and the free time that you had was like the little gap between classes, yeah. and then you had to get rid of it. Yeah. Um, and I think it was Smitty that was like, "Oh, there's this like strongman." Yeah. Thing. So this is the to- at the point where you went to Strong Melbourne, which was the first strongman gym. Yeah. Yeah. So I was doing CrossFit, and Smitty was doing CrossFit at Frankston as well, and even like a Lira. Yep. Back in the day, was training there. Real weird how it's all mm-hmm. come about. Um, yeah, and he's like, oh, they do strongman stuff. Mm-hmm. I've seen ESPN where they lift balls and the standard stuff. Um, so we'd go and do that on a Saturday. And it was just way more freedom. You just pick stuff up. Yep. It was when the same thing as when I started CrossFit, the same thing as when I started bodybuilding. You just go in and yep. do stuff. And you're bad at it. Yeah, Again. of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it eventually got to the point where I was more hanging to go there or I was going there through the week. CrossFit. And then I was like, I haven't gone to CrossFit for like three weeks. Yeah. Why do I still pay for it? Yeah. I should just drive up and do that. And then, yeah, transition to that. Um, but then Strong Melbourne had no machines. Mm. No yeah, it was, it was at a all. very true strongman gym. Mm. It was like a CrossFit box yeah. turned strongman yeah, gym. Yeah, so it had no machines. Yeah. Very limited dumbbells. Big space too. It was a cool mm. cool gym looking back yeah. on it, you know. So the training there was no accessories. Yeah. It was just like, we're just going to do log and then we might do yoke and then we might do something else. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it went completely flipped the other way. Yeah. And I could only bench because we only had 20 kilo dumbbells. Yeah. And then I got good at bench. Yeah. Because I finally figured out how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's yeah. like, if you just arch and do this, this, and this, and I'm like, yeah. I can do 20 kilos more this way. So this is cheating. Yeah. So there's there's obviously the lead up of this like perfect storm of like you've just found strongman, but you've gone through this bodybuilding phase. Then you've had this like brief interlude of CrossFit where you've developed some skills. Mm. You've learned how to move your body again, gotten a little bit fitter, and then sort of gone, oh well, I really want to get stronger. I want to get better at this. And it's led you into like doing strongman. So now you're doing strongman stuff and you're in the gym and you're doing just kind of the main event work, right? Like yep. pretty, and not a heap of accessory stuff. Now, I guess the big question, so that's, that's sort of presetting the training age thing. So at this point in time, you know, 32, 33, 
How old are you now? 32? 34. 34. <laughs> I, was trying, <laughs> I was trying to be kind. <laughs> um, how, what's this? So probably almost like eight years ago, right? Yeah. So like let's About say that. eight years ago and before, before you even touched a strongman implement, how long had you been training relatively seriously? What's that? 19 to 26? So seven years, six, seven yeah, years? Yeah, about that. Right. So now there's a six, seven year iceberg or like, you know, like and that big was base below the tip of the iceberg. Yep. And now we step into strongman. Yeah. And back then, you know, when you were a gym bro back then, if you went on a holiday, you found a gym. Oh, yeah. I'd I did not miss a session. No, I think for then. the first 10 years of training, I don't think I took more than a week off training ever. No. And if I could help it, like if I no. couldn't help it, I took a week off. No, I, I was doing like six days a week. Yeah. Knew I was doing too much and mm. did not care. Bro, when I was, when I was at school. <laughs> when I, was, I was obsessed. When I was at school, I would hang out for school holidays so I could train twice a day. And I'll do the Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> encyclopedia of bodybuilding workout where you hit like one body part or two body parts in the morning and then go back into the gym and hit another body part in the night. Like yeah. Just fucking obsessed. obsessed. Um, 100%. Um, and then so now you're a novice strongman and now you're a pro strongman. Eight years of doing mm. the same thing. Yep. How do you close the gap? Like what do you feel like – is uh, some of the key things in that journey that people can take home. If they're watching this and they go, oh, like I've started off in strongman and now I want to be a pro. Where do you think those steps are? Like are there turning points? Are, are there things that people need to be aware of? Are there certain elements along that journey that they need to consider? Or is it just you just need to keep showing up for eight years and keep doing the work and then progress is progress? I think up until a point, you just keep showing up mm. and you'll get a certain way along. Yeah. You'll fall into that intermediate bracket, wherever yep. that falls. Yeah. You just keep turning up. Don't be too stupid. Don't break yourself too hard. Yeah. That's the biggest setback. I think novice you, to intermediate is pretty easy jump. Yeah. It's the intermediate to advanced. Yeah. It's like the higher you go with everything, the more people fall yep. off. And that's why there's mm -hmm. only a couple of people at... For anything. Yeah. Anything in life you can relate that to. I mean, a big part of that intermediate to advanced jump, uh, first and foremost, plateaus. Yeah. Like beginner to intermediate, it's all happy days, right? Like training yep. is fun. It's enjoyable. Uh, progress comes thick and thin. Uh, injuries, niggles don't accumulate too much. Mm. Uh, and it's kind of that like experimental infatuation. I'm in love with a strong man. I'm going to post every workout and check in everywhere I go phase, right? Yep. And then you hit the wall somewhere along the line. Um, yeah. And it becomes less fun and sexy and it becomes like you're banging your head against a brick wall until you see progress again. It goes from like a healthy obsession mm. to completely flipping the other way. Yeah. So um, you have to be pretty stubborn and want it for whatever reason you find. Yeah. Even if it's like for me, I just want to be the best at something. Yeah. And I just never feel like I am the... Even if someone said I was the best, I'm like, yeah, but there's this person or there's this comp. Like, yeah. So those two together for me, just I just don't stop. Yeah. Three because I want to be the best, but yeah. never feel like I'm the best. So it just kind of keeps making Which me better. Which is kind of like the big contributing factor, I think, for you from a mental, like psychological athlete point of view. Yeah. If you had... Um, 
just trying to put this to, to make it tangible for anyone watching and they want to be a pro or they want to be at the highest level and they're sort of in that novice to intermediate stage. Like three things that you think are sort of paramount or three things that novices need to take into account or intermediates need to take into account to make that step or make it as a advanced or pro athlete? Um, that whole goal setting, mm. you know, the whole cliche thing of like, stop looking at the end goal, make short attainable goals yep. and things like that. Do that with comps. Yeah. It, do that with people. Yeah. Like it's okay to want to compete against somebody mm. or it's okay to want to beat somebody. Yep. It's not a personal sure. attack. Yeah. So you can find somebody that's just better than you Yeah. and be like, okay, I would love to be able to beat them one yep. day because I think they're really strong. Yeah. I think they're at this level. Yeah, and it, if I, guess, I can compete sure. with them or if I can beat them, yep. all of a sudden it's like, okay, I'm getting somewhere. Yeah. So – don't look at Usain Bolt and be like, I can't run that fast, so what's mm. the point? Yeah. And beat yourself down because of it. It's like just look Chase at... Chase down people along the way. Yeah, you pick the next level, you pick yep. the next comp up. Yeah. And go, okay, I can't do those weights. Mm -hmm. But if I can do that comp and I can do those weights and I am competitive, then that's a step. Yeah. So I think... And that's when we started, you didn't know who was at the top. No, no one, no one was, at, no the one top. was at the top. Like we all... We're all just novice. We're all trying to figure out who was at the top. <laughs> That's what comps were for. <laughs> yeah. And it takes time to figure yeah, that yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're all just trying to beat, beat each other, other. Mm. on the same level yep. at different comps. And all the comps were kind of the same level. Yes. There was Australia's Strongest Man and the yeah. people that had been doing it for a little while. Yeah, but, but they, they were all heavyweights. Yeah, they weren't novice and intermediate and qualifiers and all that. Sort no. Of it was just comps. No, you didn't like pigeonhole yeah. everybody into these little yeah. different things. So yep. it was easy for us. Yeah, cool. And there was no Instagram. Yeah, to no compare one was, to... Yeah, nobody was posting... Not hugely. Powerlifting and strongman yeah. lifts, even at the top level. Yeah. So you didn't look at the end goal and go, oh... Yeah, it was far harder so to find. so bad. Far harder to find to measure yourself mm. against. That's why... Um, you know Terence from, like, South Africa? Yeah. That's why people like him are so strong. Yeah. Because he comes from a small village small town he doesn't have access to social media mm. he comes over here and deadlifts like 350 as a 90 and he doesn't know it's good because mm. he's the only person that trains in his town yeah. <laughs> he has no <laughs> understanding <laughs> yeah. of what's good or sure. bad so he just pushes himself yeah. yeah and then he comes over and everyone's like that's messed up yeah and he's like oh is it though yeah like one of the arnold's comps um he was going to win the deadlift in the 90s. And he's come out and he's like, oh, what did that guy just get? And runs like, oh, he did nine reps. The guy did like two reps. And Terrence is like, oh, got out, ripped through 10 reps. And then runs <laughs> just laughing, just like, he only got two. Like, you won by a mile. <laughs> Strategic. Yeah, so like not knowing where Ron's anybody wearing, else is wearing at. at the competition. Yeah. Oh, slight dog. See yeah. what he's up to there. So like not knowing where anybody else is at. Yeah, can be a huge yep. benefit, and that's the whole staying in okay. the lane. So one is chasing down someone just above you. Yep. Two. Two. Realize that you're gonna probably sacrifice a bit of stuff. Yeah. A bit of health. Yeah. A lot of time. Yeah. Bit of family time, work time, like not for the whole year. Yeah. But there's going to be times where life is going to get sacrificed. I think people forget that, like, 
Ever, ever, you know that like everyone wants to be a bodybuilder, but no one wanna, wants to lift yeah. the heavy ass weights. And it's like, yeah. yeah, you're a bodybuilder. You don't really have to lift that heavy. Um, but like the 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 sentiment is kind of the same or the similar in terms of like everyone wants to be good. Everyone wants the yeah. idea. Everyone likes the idea of being the best until it comes time to do shit that makes you the best. Yep. Right. Like everyone wants to be the best at something, or they see other people have things or their accomplishments or they see that they are the best at something and they go, oh man, like I want to be the best. I want to have that. I want to be able to achieve that. Until it actually comes time, until push comes to shove and you got to do things that make someone the best, until you actually have to sacrifice, push or like suffer enough mm. to make you the best and then suddenly you don't want to be the best that bad, do you? Like suddenly yeah. it's like, oh, <laughs> nah, <laughs> That's fucking hard. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you just had to sacrifice something. Oh, you didn't get home in time for dinner. Yeah. Oh, like you had to walk in the rain. Oh, you had to like bleed a little bit. Oh, you felt shit for six weeks on end because you're tired because you're pushing it to the nth degree. Oh, it's hard yeah. to be the best sometimes. I think people forget that, right? I think but you have to do that for a long time yeah. and not be the best. We're not in the business of like making you live longer. No. Like someone's like, oh, you're a health and fitness coach. I'm not a fucking health and fitness coach. Fuck off. <laughs> like, I'm going to get you on the podium, coach. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, don't come to me. It, like, some people, sure. Like, I'm happy to, like, facilitate. I know how, like, it, eat moderately. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you want to live longer. If you want to yeah. live healthily, healthily and live a little bit longer and live well. Like, walk every day. Eat moderately and in moderation. But enjoy yourself. Yeah. But don't enjoy yourself too much. Like, train vigorously, but not too vigorously and not too much. Like, pretty much like the middle way, right? Mm. Like, be fit. Be fit. But don't but, be too but fit. But don't push too hard. No. Do you know what I mean? Eat, don't run a marathon because yeah. that's not healthy <laughs> Yeah, that's either. not healthy, right? Like, <laughs> like it's not, we're not in the business in terms of sacrificing and sacrificing health. Like, if you want to do something to the extreme, you're going to have to sacrifice probably, if you want to be the best, you're going to have to sacrifice some health. Yep. Like, it's an extreme sport. You think walking with a 400 kilo yoke is good for your body? Bam, bam. Like, no. I used to get comments like yeah. that all the time where someone's like, that can't be good for you. Like, and it's I'm like, fucking it's not. Not, <laughs> not at all. But I've got a trophy cabinet. <laughs> a trophy cabinet. Yeah. And like, the bad voice is yeah. quiet down. Yeah. <laughs> and my head is quiet for the 60 seconds. I've got 400 kilos on my back. Because <laughs> my blood pressure's through yeah. the roof yeah, and I can't, I can't think see straight. It. And the, <laughs> And the darkness is closing in as I'm approaching the end line. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, I'm at peace. And then you wake up and uh, you're like, oh, again. Yeah, here we go. Set two. Yeah. So there's yeah. plenty that I don't do. Yeah. Sure. Like we sit there and talk about, oh, you have to be willing to do this, this mm. and this. There's plenty that I could be doing better. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Plenty of sleep that I could be doing better. I could be tracking food better. Yeah. I could be in here doing small little 1% things. Like there's always stuff yeah. that can be done. Yeah, definitely. But I feel like the majority of it I've got covered. Mm. If I want to be stronger, I need to do those extra things, but yeah. I can't quite get there. Yeah. Whereas some other people do 50% and they can't quite get there for the other 50%, yeah. which yeah. is fine. But you're at 90%. But yeah, you're not going to be at the top. Yeah. Yeah. So like I'm just willing to sacrifice a little bit more yeah. Yeah. and miss out on a few. And then there's people at the top that, tick every single Course. box yeah and they're just there ridiculous and there's another gear yeah there's another gear to be had there's some people always have. yeah so there's always someone always be better right? yeah it's always be better yep um so number two sacrifice like there's going to be mm. some sacrifice and stuff like that uh along the way to being 
great and hopefully understanding that. Number three. Hope that you get born by the right parents. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) When mummy and daddy get together, hope they've got good genetics. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) True. Pretty much. Yeah. So I don't have the height. Yeah. To be by any means. But like both my parents have relatively thick lower bodies. Mm -hmm. I have wider shoulders. Like if I was born this narrow, things would be very, very different. Yeah, sure. and that's just bone structure. Man, my my nana's fucking huge. My nana mm. was fucking huge. Like my dad and my nana were like. I, did, I mean, I would have liked some of the biking height. I got Dutch. Uh, the height would be. Yeah, great. I got Dutch like backgrounds. <laughs> like my dad yeah. was six foot two. My nana was like six foot two. They were fucking broad. Um, my dad was an athlete. Right? Yep. he was a fighter, a coach, a like football player. Blah blah blah. My pa was a featherweight boxing champion. Like they're all athletic. Yeah, like they're all like my uncle on my dad's side got a wild card to go play at the Oz Open, you know? Like mm. they're all really good fucking athletes. So like genetically, great. Just my mum was really short and fucked it for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I would have got that Viking uh, height. I could have been 140 kilos sitting here. Yeah. <laughs> Had all of it. Yeah, all I'm all, I was so close to ticking all the boxes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, genetics is a huge one, right? Mm. Yeah. And you just got to realise... What's your advantage and what's mm. your disadvantage? Yeah, and play to that, I guess, too. Yeah. Yeah. Some people are just born with larger lung capacities than others. Yep. And, like, if you don't have good lung capacity, probably don't go be a CrossFitter. Yeah. Well, and that's... Because, like, it's just always going right. to be hard. Yeah. yeah. And I guess play to your strengths in terms of also understand that, like, if you love strong man, mm. but genetically, that's you're never going to be the best. Yep. Well, then just understand that, like, not it's, sports are not all inclusive by design. Yep. Right? Like, I can't go play in the NBA. I mean, even if I was really, really good at basketball, which I am. No, I'm not at, at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, just throwing threes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hit threes all day. No, just I don't, don't come at all. Like, yeah, just, just in my. Um, I can't play NBA. Yeah. Right. Like, just like if you like, I was racing, watching like Drive to Survive, like the F one. Like, even if you're an amazing driver, you know, unless you've got the family money to get into it, you're yep. probably not going to be a driver. Like, it's just it's exclusive by design, right? So, understanding like, um, snow sports, yeah, or wakeboarding. You got to be. You got to have a boat. You got to be able to afford. You got to be able to afford to go to the snow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's expensive. Yeah. Um. So I guess They're like middle class sports. Yeah, understanding that like your genetics literally by design may exclude you from ever being at the top level. If you love strongman and you're happy to compete and play, then absolutely fine. But if you want to be the absolute best, I think some people have to realise like they're just not ever going to be. Mm. That's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. There'll always always be an Islander that can lift more weight than you. That has never trained. Yeah, totally. It's like, I think Tyler said it, months ago on one of his stories he put up a post and said something about like um like being natty mm. and struggling to get through the volume and i'm like mm. you're maori you can't say that yeah <laughs> it doesn't count it's, it's the same thing bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then yeah and it's the same with bodybuilding and gym mm. bros there's people that try to get past their genetics and take as much stuff as they possibly can yeah and still suck yeah and still never reach the top the top yeah and then there's yeah. people that have absolutely no idea what they're doing yep. put no intelligent thought into thinking and are ridiculously yeah, strong totally 
100% all the time. So um, that's always a huge factor. Yeah, I think so. And I think which, is, which is a shit deterrent because it's the whole, like, you can grow up to be anything. Mm. It's like, you can't, you though. can, but you can't. We're not astronauts and we yeah. all kind of wanted to be. Yeah, and like, <laughs> just like geographical lottery, probably just not going to be an astronaut. I'm, I grew up in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> like, like astronauts, like, I'm either going to be in Russia or I'm going to be in America. But go figure, most of those astronauts, unless I mm. really, 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 really wanted to be an astronaut. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I'd have to work for it and get that. I mean, maybe you could be. Do you yeah. know what I mean? But the likelihood is much less or the, the percentage of it mm. is much less. So if you're born here, maybe you've got no physical genetic capability to be a great strongman. Yeah. But you live here, you have a house, you have the money, you can buy the equipment. You can travel to the comps. Yeah. You have all of that. Yeah, huge mean, Meanwhile, there's someone in some European country, all the genetics to be the absolute best, mm. no access to the internet, Yeah, can't afford to travel, can't afford weights. Totally. They're at the opposite end. Like there's yeah. someone out there that has all the genetic potential physically, yeah. but is just born in the wrong country. Yeah. And they're just sitting there like, cool, I can't get to that. Yeah. And I think in terms of like access or talking about that sort of stuff and like to bring it back a little bit when we're talking about the journey from novice to advanced it's like if you haven't had access previously Mm. and your first like people over there when we started there was no strongman gyms there was no access yeah right like it didn't exist which is why we had that precursor of like bodybuilding or like uh, crossfit or whatever it was well now there's strongman gyms and i think that's one thing where novices are maybe struggling as well because their training age is two years and it's two years in strongman and they're wondering why people are shooting ahead of them or people are ahead of them um i mean i won't go into as much depth as like what lee did but my training age is like i'm 30 years old like my training age is like 15 16 years do you know what i mean just Started walking and walked straight into a gym. Fucking basically, hey. (laughs) Like, people were like, oh, you're like, you're so strong. Like, I've been training for like two years. Like, I've, you know, got a 280. I'm like, that's huge, man. I've been training for two years and you got a 260 deadlift. That's enormous. Mm. Like, I didn't, I trained for 10 years and I didn't have a 250 kilo deadlift. Like, I, I bought my first bench at an auction house because I asked mum to get it for me. Or mum, I had $40 and I went to like an auction <laughs> house and they were selling like a, a weights plates and a bench. And I was like, mum, can I bid on that? And she was like, yeah, sure. So we had like a bench and like a barbell on the gym. You know what I mean? Like got like yeah. plates and stuff in the garage. And my dad, uh, one of the really good things that he did <laughs> uh, was when I first got this, I was like 14 or 15, 14 maybe, 13, 14. He... He got me like a bodybuilding book and I still remember it was like red cover, like OG bodybuilding book. And he said, before you go touch that uh, bench, mm. you have to read this book, like front to cover. And it was like OG, like guys in fucking trunks, like big bodybuilding, <laughs> but it was like training programs and all that sort of stuff. So I read the book, covered it back and um, uh, he was like, all right, we'll pick a program out of there. So it was like a three-day program and he showed me how to do everything. So it was like... Yep. It was like barbell. My first, my first program was like 
barbell squat, barbell bench press, barbell overhead. You put like rings on the rafts in the garage so I could do chin ups and stuff like that. And I go in there and I put on Iron Maiden and get after it, you know, like three days so a week. So nothing has changed. No, 100% <laughs> since all. I was like 14. So you just started so was, strong man yeah. at 14, basically. <laughs> yeah, like I was the OG garage gym. Yeah. Um, that's basically what this gym is yeah, now. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so like that was, that was me at like 13, 14. And I was like, I was consistent, but like semi consistent. And then when I hit like 15, I wasn't allowed in the commercial gym till like 16, right? Yep. So I used to wake up in the morning at like 6, or like 5.36, go in and pay for a swim and sneak into the gym and go go to the gym underage, 6, 15, 16. And then when I was 16, I could finally go into the gym. So like I was, my training age is really early. And I mean, mm. by the time I hit 16 and I was at school and I can, I promise you, if we post this on my Instagram and ever anyone who followed like follows me who went to school with me, they'll absolutely back this a hundred percent. Like at sixteen years old, like I was already like split program, waiting for school holidays to come in so I could train twice a day. Uh, I would spend my Sunday calculating my macros for the week. I would my mum like, like I was talking to chats the other day. I'd wake up before school and I cook breakfast. So I cook my eggs and stuff like that for breakfast, and then I'd cook my rice and vegetables for my lunch and have like the same from sixteen to eighteen. Mm. I'd have a big tin of tuna, a raw stalk of broccoli, and rice for lunch. And I'd sit there in like bio class in like year twelve and eat my broccoli during class. <laughs> like, like I was just like really, really obsessed with it, right? From very, very early I, on. I did that at twenty when I got into yeah, the body so or anything, but me at fifteen or sixteen. Other was like sixteen year olds are sneaking into pubs. I was, gonna, I was gonna say I was I was breaking into I was like into schools gyms. and things to go skating. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was breaking into places to go skate there. I was bringing protein shakes and peanut butter sandwiches to 18th and ducking out to my car when my alarm went off so I could go get my calories in. <laughs> like, Meanwhile, me and friends were just getting chips yeah. from like a fish and chip shop yeah, or like plain me. rolls and like no. roast chicken. Bro, I was working at Macca's so I could buy oh. chicken breasts for lunch. Mum's like, I'm not buying you. I'm not buying two chicken breasts a day every day and i was like that's cool so i like went to like worked at maggots i could buy chicken breast and protein powder and pre-workout and pre-workout was so bad back then too i remember getting my first pre-workout and saving my money from like yep. mcdonald's scooping it and being like oh. <laughs> and like oh, all right here we go <laughs> what was the um the uh, red one pun there was like a red one. Yeah, it was like NO Explode. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I got the worst. But you had to put so much yeah. power. Oh, in yeah. It, it was like a big up. scoop and it would froth. Oh, so <laughs> bad. You were probably having them so far back in the day. They probably had steroids in Oh, them. maybe. I hope so. Because <laughs> <laughs> a few of them came out with that really? <laughs> in America, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it was Mark Bell said there was this like orange one that he used to love. Yeah. And it had like Diana Ball in it. Yeah. <laughs> got taken off the shelf and he's like, it's just not the same <laughs> anymore. Yeah. Would 16-year-old Tyson and 16-year-old Lee be mates? Would they <laughs> nah, be mates? Nah, probably not. 16-year-old <laughs> <laughs> Lee and 34-year-old Lee would not be mates. Yeah, 16-year-old <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, me, if he looked at me now and was like, that's what you're going to become? I don't know. Like, 16-year-old me was still, like, playing guitar in a pop-punk band. Like yeah, You haven't changed. Like, fucking hair, yeah. <laughs> Side fringe, a <laughs> whole deal. Played in bands, I don't know. Yeah, it's a lot, multifaceted. Um, but then I pretty much got into powerlifting and like, oh, sorry, I went got into bodybuilding. So I was mm. mostly bodybuilding. Trained under like Lucky Hats and Pentalis at uh, Doherty's Standing On, which was sick. Trained under Scott Grable. So I had some really good bodybuilding coaches. 
put on a good amount of size, wanted to compete in like natty bodybuilding and I was like full natty bodybuilding mode, food on point, walk every day, <laughs> spent $400 a fucking month on supplements and stuff like that and yep. the whole deal. And then did a novice comp in powerlifting, then did a novice comp in strongman stuff and then I was pretty much powerlifting and strongman from there. So like, I mean, by the time I had started strongman, I was like 21 and I had been training for like six years. And then from now, when everyone starts a sport, I'm like, well, I've, I've been doing this sport almost 10 years now. Yeah, but uh, you're an anomaly. No, yeah, 100%. No one people, else has but when that people upbringing. Say, but no. even like when you went into the gym at home, yeah, like your dad taught you, yes. showed you, gave you the proper yeah, yeah, book. Like totally. That's way more guidance. Yeah, definitely. Most people walk in a commercial yeah. gym for like four years just going. Yeah. And, oh, yep, that's good. Sick. Come back tomorrow. Totally. 100%. <laughs> so I was like, I was super lucky. And when the gym that I had... When I turned 16, I could go get programs. I had some really good gym instructors because with mm. your membership, you got programs. And yep. because I'd already trained and stuff, they loved me because I was like 16 and like I do my measurements and stuff like that. And they wrote me a program and I would to the T. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like all my mates would come in and they'd like do a set of curls and go to the sauna. And two hours later, they'd come out of this pool and I'd still be in the gym leaving with them. <laughs> so like they would love it because yep. like I had really good guidance really early for like bodybuilding and like one of the gym instructors there ended up being at the Cats, like strength conditioning coach, you know, and yep. he was running my programs for two years when I was like young. Yep. So like I had a really lucky or fortunate sort of upbringing, but also got into it and got after it very early. Yep. So this is what I mean when people like start to compare or novices start to compare against like the pros and it's like, well, you need to realistically, if you've found strongman late, right? If you've mm. found strongman late or you're only been training for three or four years in total, total training time and it's like we're not the same yeah so you have to have a real ex realistic expectation around time frame to get good do you know what i mean if someone's got a really long training age or like longer training age i would say like anywhere between three to five years right to get good to get like yeah. to get elites good um if they've got a good training age and have good potential but then like i would also say to the same people like if they don't have a good training age if they don't move well if they are relatively new or they just don't seem like to have the potential. I would say never. Yeah. You're never going to be at the top level. So I think that's something that need, people need to remember as well. They got in too late. Yeah. The time's passed. Yeah. But yeah, I think training age is something that people really forget in terms of like they see people next to them overtaking them or whatever or mm. whatever it might be. And it's like, well, the base is bigger. Yeah. Like the, the time that they've been training, building muscle, how big are they? How much potential do they have? How well do they move? Like, there's so many factors there that, like, yeah, you're going to get overtaken. Do you know what yeah. I mean? See, if people start really late, my advice would be all the accessories that you do. Yeah. Push really them. focus yeah, on those. Yeah, because you don't have that don't five years of accessories. You've got a lot work. of catching up to do. Yeah, totally. I see the a lot of sandbagging stuff. accessories. Yeah, people yeah. fail a yoke because their hips just aren't they're strong, strong enough. Because they're strong men. So they want to do the event work and then they just kind of, like, Treat it like complimentary accessories. Like yeah. You got it. Your accessories are you getting bigger, more jacked, getting stronger. Like that's yeah. what they are there for. Like they're yeah. important to you. And there are people that are new in the sport that technically do all the events yeah. great. Yeah. Their technique is solid, mm. but they're still not great at it mm -hmm. because they just don't have the base. No. 100%. So it's like you've perfected all these movements. Now you just need to do the slow part, which yep. is get stronger. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, that's the hard thing as well. We talked about this the other day. I think it's much easier to get someone stronger than it is to teach them how to move and be quick. 
Yeah. Like being explosive, being able to move, being athletic is much harder to develop in someone in our realm than it is to just linearly get someone strong and put more weight, weight load on the bar time mm. after time, over time. It just takes a long yeah. time. Um, one thing, because uh, I don't want to digress too much, one thing that uh, I think we're absolutely not meaning to dance around between going from intermediate to advanced is like, or pro is drugs. Yeah. Like, there's just in, it's an untested sport let's be realistic if you want to be the best if you want to compete overseas i think less so uh, traditionally less so in the heavyweights we've got some really yeah. good natural heavyweights because you've just got 180 kilo fucking islanders who are naturally that strong yeah um, but i think for the most part if you're looking at like our heavyweights now and where they're going and overseas like if you want to compete at world's strongest man if you want to compete at asm uh it's probably a reality that you have to face. For most people, yeah. Yeah, for most people. This is, once again, the anomalies uh, are existent and the anomalies that are not using PEDs, mm. <laughs> probably if they did, we'd be fucked. Um, yeah. If they're already at that level, you know, that's a hard thing uh, as well. I think my, my question, and I'm always like, I can never figure it out, is just like, if you want to be the best and you're sacrificing everything yeah, and you're like, oh, I want to be the best in the world. I'll do anything to get there. I'll eat this. I'll train this. I'll train this. Why don't you want to take stuff? Mm. You, and it's where do you draw you, that you're, line you're of sense? It's like, I'll take, I'll take everything. I'm like, yeah. clients will take like fucking Psalms and they'll get an injury and it's like, I'll take BPC 157 and TB 500. And it's like, well, the guy at that, um, the IPF comp overseas. Mm-hmm. So full natural comp won't take drugs. Before his deadlifts, his coach comes out with a taser. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Fucking tasers him in the There's arm no to way. hype him up. No, legit. There's like no a dick, 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 dick. Yeah. What? Will, comes will out and lifts the weight. drug, but we'll <laughs> get tasered before yeah. a deadlift. Like, are you right? Yes. <laughs> so like, why is that the line? I don't want to get tasered. Where is your line in the sand? Tasering. <laughs> But test which my body naturally yeah. produces is a no go. <laughs> you can taser me unless there's Tren on yeah. it. <laughs> Don't come near me. Did someone using PEDs use that taser before me? Because I'm not using it. If <laughs> yeah, it's tainted. <laughs> um, the same with like back slaps, ammonia. Like people will do everything they possibly can to lift mm. more weight, but then that's the line that they there's draw. Obvious reasons why. Do you know what I mean? Like everyone's different. Everyone reacts different. Everyone has different. We can go on the rabbit hole yeah, of what you're like taught is legal and, and not legal. Yeah, I mean, legal, not legal is obviously one thing. Then there's like side effects and all the other things. Like there's, there's a lot of reasons why people shy away from it, whether it's educated or mm. uneducated, I think as well. Oh, actually, um, someone said it the other day. Um, they were like, oh, look, I'm just worried about it because like how do you even know that that's what it is? Like... I'd just be worried that I'd get something and it's not what it is or the dose is wrong. Like, how do you even know that that's it? How do you yeah, test sure. it? Well, there's testing companies. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, how do you know you're not going to get food poisoning or salmonella from eating a burger at the shop? I think the wildest thing is... Like, how do you know that the Panadol you're taking is Panadol? I'm like, there's a certain level of just, like, trust in what you're eating and what you're taking and everything like that. It's fucking way worse but i mean <laughs> well, don't get me down the conspiracy big yeah, farmer but, line <laughs> but it's the thought of like oh that's 
Oh, I'll go take the Pfizer vaccine because the government's telling me we have no fucking idea. It may as well be made in a bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if it was Tren. Yeah. <laughs> 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 watch the gene pool grow. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, like, my big thing that I get, like, a little bit confused about is so many people who, like, say that to me, like, I know that they'll fucking go do ketamine on the weekend. Like, I know they'll go <laughs> buy a bag or, like, like, like early 20s like uh, seeing people pick up pills off the floor that someone's dropped and put it yep. in their mouth i'm like you can't be telling me that you give a fuck <laughs> because i know you yeah. <laughs> intimately i've seen you <laughs> that's where you see the pictures of like the holistic like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and it's like i don't i don't eat gmos and it's like you eat a lot of acid on the weekend yeah, <laughs> yeah do you know what i mean like everyone's got like, a different line everyone's got a different line like i get it but like i it's, we're all adults. We're like a majority of the adults that I know have done a party drug in their life. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Whether it's smoked pot, you know yep. what I mean? Like whether it's like pot or like they've done mushies or they've done psychedelics or they've done something harder, whether it's like cocaine or ketamine or speed or whatever it is. Mm. A lot of adults that I know, if not like 90%, like there's very few people that, I mean, maybe it's my circles. In fact, <laughs> <laughs> but there's very few people yeah. that I know as adults that in their adult lives up to like 30 or 40 have never touched a mm. party drug um, or something along those lines. And that's their line. Like, but it's the same. Like, a, yeah. And like, there's competitors that I know that yeah. might not. They're like, oh, I won't do performance drugs, but I'll do anything to get be the best. Yeah, but, but then the also same people that are like, I won't smoke weed, and then now it becomes legal, and they're like, oh yeah, I smoke weed all the time, mm. and it's like, yeah, well, that's not your morals. Yeah, so you're just doing what you're see, told. And I'm not like a pop, but like I, I don't smoke weed. Like I would never really because I just don't see the benefit. Like, uh, no. you know what I mean? Like I just see that as. Anyway, different discussion, but like <laughs> <laughs> different, different, different layout. That's uh, my line in the sand, right? Like, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think everyone has a different line in the sand, but I think it's important for people to remember not to get off track that if you want to be the best, uh, there is a point where you'll probably have to make a decision around performance enhancing drugs. And my best advice is just to be educated in yourself. <laughs> What's that documentary, Mark Bell's? Uh, oh, the old, old one. Yeah, like big, bigger, stronger, faster, strong. bigger, stronger, faster. Yeah. That's like a very suede for argument in terms of a uh, documentary. But I think it's also just important to get a bunch of different perspectives and weigh it up for yourself. Mm. Um, talk to people that you trust and their experiences. Um, I think he goes into other sports as well. Yeah, totally. He goes I think people have their fitness, head in the sand. He goes into cycling. Fitness, cycling, track athletics. Like people think it's like strongman and powerlifting. And it's just not. Like it's yeah. just... Like performance enhancing drugs are a part of sport because you're talking about people that have the mentality inherently that they want to be the best and that will do anything to be the best. And if you put intrinsic or extrinsic fucking motivating factors in front of them, mm. they want to be the best and they'll do anything for it. People will eat everything yeah. they possibly can to hope that their test yeah. goes up. People will go on an altitude train, but they'll eat bull testicles to help their testosterone levels. <laughs> that, okay, <laughs> like, so. Oh. <laughs> Drawing lines in the yeah, sand. that's my line in the sand. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's, it. <laughs> that's my line in the sand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the I think people have their heads in the sand in terms of like how ripe it is. And personally. But that's the sport here. Yeah, but I It's don't, different I, overseas. And I don't have a problem with it. I think of it, it's wrong mm. to do it. If you've said, I do solemnly swear that I'm 
like competing in a tested federation or a sport that I've deemed yep. that it's not allowed, then you should not fucking do it and you shouldn't yep. show up and do that. But like there's sports specifically <laughs> that are there where it's like, we don't really care. Do mm. what you want. We don't test you because we know that there's no... Like if you go to World's Strongest Man, there's no World's Strongest Man. No one gives a fuck if they start testing athletes. So they just don't. And yep. it's just like that unwritten rule, right? Mm. There's like a, They do health checks. They do health checks. Yeah, my first Arnold's, I had a high, I, we had to do a health check. The very first Didn't Arnold's. Puchanowski test for... Amphetamines. No, he, yeah. got, he got caught doing amphetamines in mm. 10. I think he got banned for something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah, fucking psych up. Better than salts, apparently. Um, but even the tested ones, like say IPF. Yeah. They have strict regulations on testing, but each country tests people at a different rate. Yeah. So some countries are like onto it all the time because they can afford to do it. Mm. And then some countries don't do it as much and there's no regulation. So that's a sport that is based on we test everybody. Our first. But they don't test yeah. everybody. Our first Arnold's here, we had to go get tested. Um, not for performance drugs. Uh, for they said that they could test us for amphetamines, mm. um, uh, and we had to go get uh, a like heart check, basically. Yep, um, and that was pretty much it. Like we had to get like a, I think there was like a doctor sign off or something like that, yep. like blood pressure or that sort of stuff, and Just also like a, also a heart mm. check to make sure that like all the athletes were happy and healthy enough to compete so i don't think that's a bad idea at the top mm, level to yeah. be fair like i think that's a good check in the um balance to make sure that everyone is happy and healthy because people certainly do push it i think everyone the, needs to, to realize like everyone sits there going why can't we have a tested federation why can't we do this people don't realize how expensive testing, testing is mm -hmm. so expensive and it's not a thing where they just go here's your blood we're just going to throw it in a machine and it's just going to list out mm. everything that's in there have to specifically test for each yeah. cost money which is why someone like ricky garrard gets through at regionals yeah because he was taking some sort of psalm yep. type thing regionals only tested for 30 compounds that could be helping his sport the games it's, test for more it's like the afl like like so if they don't test for that specific yeah. thing it doesn't matter what sport they yeah they, they had to test for a specific thing. And if you know what they're testing for, you can dodge it and take the other thing. Mm. It's um, like Bomber Thompson or whatever the dude's name was, uh, Peter Dank. Yeah. yeah, there was a few interviews where he said, and like, I just find it fascinating that people forget about this. He literally said, my job wasn't to do anything but to figure out ways around the testing. Like my job was to tell them what to take and to figure out ways around the testing. And I'll, that's what I was employed to do. And people go, oh, AFL is such a wholesome sport. <laughs> like, oh, track and field so wholesome. These sprinters. How weird is football? And like the NRL did the same as people the AFL. People just forget because it's like they're no, golden but, boys. Like, no, it's like one, one team goes down. Yeah. And instantly everyone's just like, oh, they're cheaters. This, oh, it's so bad. And it's like, that's the one team that got caught yeah. first. <laughs> they got caught you first. Got caught first. Yeah, yeah. And everyone went. Because <laughs> Throw it out. Peter Dank wasn't good at his job dodging the testing. Was that not whole as, thing? Not like, as good as the others. Yeah, not as good as the others, right? Yeah, can you imagine how many other clubs would have like tightened ship after seeing that? Of like, course. Yeah, we need to like Yeah, and it. they just changed yeah. whatever it was. Yeah, that they would, but they run off and get cortisone injections mid-games. Run their own, yeah, totally. Like yeah. they run off and their shoulders buggered, and they get a cortisone injection, and they send them back on. Yeah, why is that okay? It's actually like a corticosteroid, exactly, and it's put in their shoulder, but that's okay. Yeah, it's performance enhancing. Yeah, and mm. everyone knows it. Everyone's Every, just, yeah, everyone knows it. Draw the line, right? Yeah, the they watch thing. the guy run back out, and they're like, "Yeah, my sports guy's back yeah. out again." They just gave him a shot. 
why is that okay? Yeah. It's a good point. Mm. Lines just, in the sand, yeah. man. That's all it is. It's, it's morality. And I totally understand he it. He gets I get tired, it, but they just give him a taser. Yeah. And yeah. runs back out. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up. <laughs> yeah. cow, cow product. Yeah. Behind farmers. Sport is all just like us deciding where we draw the line in the sand. Um, mm. And that's and that's an arbitrary board of people deciding what and what is not safe, not safe, what is natural, what is not natural. Like, yeah. Well, it's all enhancing a lot of it is enhancing what we already have mm. in our bodies anyway. So I have a theory with like the top pro strongman mm. in terms of that the guys that are super consistent across multiple comps and they seem to compete well and they do well are more modest with what they take or yeah, at sure. least they're smarter and they yeah. have doctors and they have a yep. plan yeah the guys that smash a comp get injured yep. or just turn up and come ninth and everyone's like what happened to them yeah they're weak they're crap yeah and then they have an absolute blinder yeah, other guys that either just go too slow hard and steady over time is or have yeah. no idea what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, I reckon there's a huge because everyone's like, "What do the pros take? What do the yeah, pros yeah, take?" Yeah. Like, there's one of them that probably takes less than yeah people than just an old guy on hormone replacement yeah, therapy, yeah. and there's probably somebody else that is like treating themselves like an elephant. Yeah, and you won't know, and yeah. you'll never know. Well, you will know because someone like Eddie Hall does one competition and then fades off to the dark because he can't do that again. Yeah, but you still don't know yeah, how true. much or what. Mm. And that's, you can sit there and just wish that you knew, but you're never going to nah. know. Nah. So you just stop worrying about it. So we've got to become a novice to a pro. Uh, you've got persistence. Mm. Uh, we've got some sacrifice. We need some genetics. Mm. Um, you've got to understand that your training age and time with the barbell or time doing a thing is a huge, huge factor. Yeah. Um, if you're making the league from intermediate to advanced, you'll probably come to a point or a crossroads where you decide whether you want to sacrifice or make a sacrifice or have to develop some understanding around PEDs and whether that's something you do or do not want to do um, and whether you reali realistically have the capacity to be at the best level or the top level with or without because there are some of you listening or some people that will and there are some that probably won't be able to make that cross or that like next step and that's without, fine and that's fine also and then you just make a decision if you don't yeah. want to do that then you decide that like at the intermediate level and, and competing for myself and for the community and being part of that is for me because i think the next thing that we were going to talk about is as sports get bigger we don't look at the top sports whether it's being going to the olympics or playing in the nrl or the fucking nfl or nhl in hockey or whatever it is we don't look at that as like everyone can attain that. We kind of know or acknowledge that not everyone can be at that level, right? Mm. Where in Strongman, everyone's trying to get to the Arnold's. Yep. Everyone's trying, like everyone who starts, everyone's like first year in, oh, I want to hit the Australian stone record and I want to go to the Arnold's. <laughs> Heard that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like like you, you don't fucking deserve to yet. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like that's the hard, that's the hard truth that people need to understand. Is you like, might not actually want Yeah, to. When, you you started, when you started in Auskick and then played under 12s, did you th like maybe you're delusional at under 12s that you could maybe play a foul. But surely there comes to a point where you're like under 16s, under 18s and you're playing fucking Bs that you realise that like, I'm probably not going to play AFL because yep. not everyone can play AFL. And you've also got to realise that like, it's okay to still play reserves and fucking seniors on the weekend for fun. Yeah. All right. That's cool. That's probably the best analogy that I can think of being Victorian, not 
yeah well. sorry <laughs> um but like that's okay you know what i mean like we but you at, when the sport gets bigger and more people do it and the talent pool gets larger you're gonna have to realize that people are gonna have to start to realize that like not everyone's goal or everyone's goal can be to be the Arnolds, but like it's not realistic for everybody or it's not realistic yep. for everyone to be at AI or Clash because there's so many people and so many spots and probably a vast majority are just never going to be good enough. Yeah. I think CrossFit's a good sport for that because it came CrossFit's on so quickly. Great sport. Huge pool. But the quality mm-hmm. is so deep. Yes. So many people are going and doing CrossFit, but there's so many that are and just like... everything into it. Yeah, but there's a lot that just realise, like, I'm not going to regional. Mm. Yeah. But they also get to do the Open every year. Yeah. So they get that ranking where they're like, yeah, oh, true. I'm 15,000 male <laughs> between the ages of and 30 cool and 35. That. And that's cool. Like, they get yeah. to be part of the community. They get to go get after it. They get to go compete with the people that are at the level. They still get to do comps. They, but I mean, everyone's got their own little, like, spots you know like yeah. if like we're competing at middle series and when we know the guys that we compete again we have some banter with those guys and stuff it doesn't mean that the next level down when you're competing against the people that you should be trying to get ahead of yep. there's a bit of banter and you have your own little game you know well um, should i stop trying to get stronger because i can't beat john hack i've thought about it <laughs> like that's the same comparison. Yeah. It's just like, I can't... I'm never going to be Don Hack. I can't deadlift 400 kilos <laughs> at 95 I kilos. Well give up. Yeah. yeah, what's the point? Never going to be the best. Yeah, and I'm not going to look like that either. No. doesn't matter what I take, or what <laughs> I do, or how I train. No. He's a freak. He's, he's the best. But should I stop? Yes. Or should I not try to get I'm thinking there? thinking about it. I know I'm not going to get there. <laughs> That's just age. <laughs> yeah, it's probably That's because you're, <laughs> what, a week and a half out from being a dad. So. Oh, I'm praying for dad strength. I'm praying for something. <laughs> dad strength. PUD's not doing shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like hard for a kid. <laughs> dad strength to kick in. <laughs> When's that old man strength coming? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> oh, Whereas, shit. Yeah, so like I'm just, I'm not going to be that mm. strong. Yeah. Yeah. I can be stronger than what I am now. Yes. But he's just. Another world. Messed up. Yeah, and, that's just, and that's just one person. His demons so, are darker. Yeah. I think <laughs> everyone thinks that they're just never going to be at some level. But yeah. like everyone, just about everyone has that level to someone else. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Everyone's, everyone's, everyone's just someone. like, you're messed up. Yeah, like yeah. you're like. You're so strong. It's like, yeah, but there's this guy. I'm like, yeah, but. My whole Instagram feed tells me that. Tells that me I'm, I'm weak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My whole Instagram's full of people. And that's that's reality. And I talk about that with coaching and stuff as yep. well. Like I talk to our coaches. Like we have some what I consider like in the gym, like intermediate, st- intermediately strong people, right? Mm. And their clients are like novice intermediates. And it's like if you're advanced strong, like let's say like a lot of our clients, they're like intermediate advanced competitors. Yeah. Because we're advanced level competitors it's like you pick the coach that's like at your next level your whole instagram feed is like my instagram feed is like the people like just above that level because it's like it's like oh cool like these people are like a little bit stronger i'm sort of watching those guys yeah where it's like if you're looking for a coach it's like oh yeah i sort of get the guy that's like at the next level to me and it's the same thing as like sort of what we're talking about where it's those people just at the next level, they're the people yeah. that you sort of like probably look at or hang around. You're not looking at John Hack, and I think that's the important thing. Yeah. Um, you can if you really ask, like you have big ambitions, but good luck. You can look at plenty of people as long as it doesn't deter you. Yeah. Or for knock sure. you Understanding back. That, yeah. But yeah, you need, you don't need a coach that's been where you want to be. Yes. 
but it's short. really helpful. Yeah. It's really helpful. I think people forget this. Yeah. Like, I get... Because they're like, you don't have to be a great athlete to be a great coach. And it's like, true. But if you're a terrible athlete and you don't move well, you're probably not going to be able to teach a really advanced person how to move better mm. just because you can look at it. Because you don't know how it feels. You don't know how to adjust things. Like, if you don't know how to play tennis, you probably can't coach it and coach, like, Serena yeah. Williams. Two, I mean, yeah, her dad did play pro tennis or whatever and sort of started her. But mm. um, I do, I, I agree. And, like, I do agree that you don't have to be the best athlete to be a great coach. But, fuck, it helps. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just think it helps from, like, an empathy point of view. Yeah. Like, if, if I'm a strength coach and I'm weak as fuck, right? I don't know what it feels like to go through a hard prep. Yep. Because I'm not strong enough to know what it means to go through a hard prep. And I know it's all relative. Like, it's like, you know, <laughs> everyone's max is their max. It's not fucking all relative. Like, you're, un, you're living under gravity. Like, yep. it's, it's, if it's either heavy or it's not heavy. And it's either you're, like, you're a strength coach and you're relatively strong and you go through a prep and, like, I understand you feel fatigued and, like, it's tough and it's hard for you. But, like, it's not. Um, that's not that's not being an asshole. I don't mean to be an asshole, yep. but unless you're pulling over three hundred every week, putting a four hundred kilo yoke on your back, lifting stones over one eighty every week, and you're fucking tired and you're feeling beaten up because it is just truly heavy, and the comps that you're doing are truly heavy and hard. Like it's like if I'm asking a client to go through the valley of death, like know that I've walked it before as well. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I think we both pride ourselves on that. Yeah. Like whatever I've given you, yes, I've, I've done. done. I won't done give it. you something messed up yeah. and be like, stop complaining. I'm like, I've done it. Yeah, like I feel I'm super zapped at this. Like I'm two weeks out from Bramble. No, I know like, that there's a taper coming and there's a deload coming Yeah, because I know that you'll need more than one week to deload from this yep. and come in. We will taper and we will deload. But right now, like it's supposed to be heavy and hard because you're not strong enough for this comp and we need to push you there. Yeah. And I've been not strong enough for comps and I've pushed myself there and it sucks and it hurts and it's uncomfortable and it's tiring and you wake up and you can't walk properly or you wake up and you've just got those like puffy little eyes all day, yep. <laughs> you know, like when you're tired all the fucking time. But like we have empathy, like I'm asking you to do stuff, but like I don't know how to coach. I don't know how I would go coaching not knowing what that feels like. Yeah, like if... You know how when people, there's so many people that aren't great at, say, like, overheads. Mm. Super common one. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> so, no, but, like, <laughs> such a disparity that mm. they can clean the weight yep. effortless over and over. They don't even need to warm up yep. to get the weight to their shoulders. And mm. then they're just missing presses because yep. their shoulders aren't strong enough. Mm -hmm. So that day for them is pretty light on their body. Mm. They can pick up the log. They can throw the log up. They can yeah. clean it. They can sit there. They can take a breath. Every time I train log like at the moment, because it's peaking towards a max, mm. I have to deadlift and front squat mm -hmm. 130, 140 kilos. Yep. Multiple times. Yeah, and the day before deadlifts and the day after deadlifts and twice a week. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah, but if your and max was 100 hard. kilos. If my max was 100 and I could just whip it up and my mm. squats and my lower body strength was huge, yeah. it wouldn't, it'd be an easy day. Yeah. So it's the same with powerlifting and stuff like that too. People that bench massive and then have to squat big mm. – and then deadlift somewhere in that as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. You eventually so. get to a certain strength where it's like, 
why can't you do five sets yeah. at eighty five percent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm and programming like, huge volume. It's eighty five percent. You should be fine. Yeah. It's like, no. Yeah. It's a lot of weight on the yeah, body. Yeah, totally. Like you got to understand <laughs> the differences between programming for, and we won't even talk about this like next time. Um, but yeah. like talking about the difference about programming for like a novice to a pro in terms of like the amount of sheer volume and work you can do as like a novice intermediate when you're not strong yep. to like how sparingly you need to program intensity when it gets very heavy. And yep. people sort of understanding, especially like powerlifting coaches pretending to uh, – I'm being an asshole again. Power <laughs> <laughs> powerlifting uh. coaches – programming for strong man not understanding that every day is full body Did you say programming or pretending <laughs> i said pretending to program a strong man yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, just want to make that clear yeah. <laughs> that like every day is full body you don't understand that like if you've never done it you don't understand how taxing it is and like we've got some coaches in here who played with did a strongman comp and they were like, this is fucked. Yeah. Because you go from like, you, know, you get to lie down on the bench twice a week if your frequency twice a week or three times a week where in our sport, like you deadlift and then you come in and you log press and you have to clean the log and you yep. have to clean the axle and you have to do a stone and you have to do push press and like, fuck it, like every day is full body. Like your lower mm. body day is yoke, for example. And then that's super nearly taxing. And you got to come in and deadlift that week and everything else. And your, your light events, your conditioning, mm. your carries, uh, sandbag carries. Mm -hmm. You have to pick it up off the ground. Back, hamstrings, pull. Everything's and then full you have body. to carry it. Everything's full body. There's yeah. no rest days. Yeah. There's no chest day, back day, leg day. It's yeah. Every day is full body day. So to manage that and to manage fatigue and stuff like that, having walked the path gives yep. you a whole heap of empathy for your clients, but also it helps you understand how to program and what they will be experiencing because you have done it. There is a lot more freedom in how you program and structure things. Whereas mm. powerlifting, like you squat bench and deadlift through the week. Mm. And if your elbow is playing up, you still have to squat bench and deadlift through the yeah, week. Yeah. You can't get around it. But and it beats up the same joints. Are, um, if you're competing, if you have a comp coming up. Yeah. My fucking forearm felt like shit and I had to clean an axle every week. Yeah. But if you're a coach that's been there mm. or you're a smart enough coach or you know what you're doing, you can restructure things around to at least make it slightly better. Yeah, for sure. You can be like, okay, we'll flip the yoke. We'll do light heavy yeah, weeks. for sure. Or we'll do it every second week, yeah. every third week. To we'll like to rotate time. things around. We'll move things around yeah. so that your knee doesn't keep dying. Yeah. Or you shift focus on... Yeah. A good event, a bad because event. Because you probably had to manage it yourself. Yeah, which is like what we said last time where you just don't train an event that you know you've got in the bag yeah. as much as the thing that yeah, you need a lot more work on. You essentially don't need to. Yeah. Um, I can't remember how we started that. What were we talking about when we started that? Don't know. Can't Drugs. Remember. <laughs> <laughs> Drugs. <laughs> um, the Tas last tasers. The last thing that we were going to talk about was... I think we've already touched on it a fair bit, which is the motivation side of things from yeah. like going from novice to intermediate, intermediate to advanced. Uh, we spoke about, uh, I think we've already spoken about a little bit throughout the podcast anyway, but the motivation to keep going or to keep persevering during the times where beginner to intermediate is a fun, nice stage. And then intermediate mm. to advanced is a little bit of, that's a long period, you know, beginning to intermediate is 12 to 18 months. Yep. Realistically, it's like learning the events, becoming good, blah, blah, blah. Then intermediate to advanced might be five years. Yeah, it took me, I swear it took me like two years. 
of getting like a 270 deadlift yeah to finally getting 300 I think or it took three years or something yeah. took so perfect long example like hitting your head against the wall failing failing over and over and being like well that and eight weeks was for and then, nothing and then suddenly 30 kilos comes on the bar yeah yeah it's never linear yeah it's never as much as it in the long scheme of things it is it does this right yeah like it's like it's strength isn't linear in the short term but in the long term it should kind of sort of be steadily heading upwards but in those periods of 12 months you'll have peaks and troughs where you're slightly above slightly below blah 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 alternating the whole way through it just kind of like comes and goes as your training cycles change volumes intensities change periods change life circumstances change yeah the motivation thing is it's that whole like internal motivation Mm -hmm. you need something inside that's not from like external factors something intrinsic long term good test go and do like a 10 week training block don't post anything <laughs> train at 10 p.m at night when no one's in the gym <sighs> <I'm not out. laughs> don't play music yeah try and see how you go mm-hmm. and see if you enjoy it see Second. if you can keep training hard yeah. or if you just slack off and you're like this sucks mm. what's the point yeah it's like well, you're probably never going to be a pro or the best in the world at it because someone somewhere will take, yeah. just do that yeah someone does have well that. you'll f- something will kick in and you'll be like no i need no one's watching but i need to do this i guess like the extrinsic motivation side of stuff can be fickle yeah. i think that's like the big take home right yeah it's like like it helps yeah. absolutely if you're in a gym and everyone else is training and pushing hard, but it can be taken away very quickly. And then what are you left with? Yeah, mm. it's a good addition to. Yes, you go train with people. You've got a comp coming up. You've got posts. You get like validation. You get likes. But it's not the post you tie your motivation to. Yeah, yeah. if you need to come into the gym at four thirty every week to hit deadlifts so that everybody can watch you and that you get motivated enough to try, mm. the second all of that's gone, like. Yeah. You're going to fall apart. Yep. I like it. It's good and it helps. I'm way stronger here than if I was just training at home. Yeah. That is just a fact. Yeah. (laughs) Way stronger. Yeah. It definitely helps. You're like, what's the iron sharpens iron? Yeah. Thing and stuff like that. Like all ships rise with the tide. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one that I use. Definitely huge factors. But like if that's the only thing keeping you going. Yeah. Like you will struggle. Yeah. I agree. Because yeah. as those things come and go and drop off. An interplay of both is nice, but internally you have to have like the motivation there to yep. like want to be the best or have the commitment. And it's that real basic Well you just want to suffer. Bitch post, yeah. Whatever whatever it yeah. is. Or you just, just like just you just want to hurt like hurting a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, it can be something terrible yeah. from a negative place. Well, yeah. Everyone's different. As long as you win, right? That's what we said. It doesn't we don't care about your mental <laughs> health. We don't care about your physical health. <laughs> We care that you win. Yeah. <laughs> it's not true at all, but... Mm. If, 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 <laughs> if someone jumps on board and they're like, I want to be the best, yeah. I'm like, okay, well, yeah. then those things don't matter. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean... If someone's like, I want to get into it and have... Making sure that... Obviously, if all things are going out of control in the external, often it does mean that the training things aren't happening as well as they could, yeah. but... Uh, so part of coaching is kind of managing that as like a personal level, as a personal friend and coach. But agreed, like it, at the end of the day, it really is like what are you harnessing intrinsically to drive the progress? 
Um, there's positive ways to do that. There's negative ways to do that. But whatever works for the individual. I think it shifts. Yeah. I think like like very early on, mine was like, and I think the positive place is the better place to be from. Like I think like yep. early on, it's a fantastic driver. Yep. Like ego, uh, like lack of self-worth or value, like a need to prove yourself. Yeah, constant comparison. Constant comparison, like... Like it's a huge and fantastic driver, a very negative driver, yep. um, but a fantastic driver to get you very good very quickly because like it's everything, right? Yep. Like it's like if you're not good enough and you inherently feel not good enough or that you want to be the best or that you want to, that you need to fill this hole, then you fucking dig to fill that hole real hard because mm. it's an itch that just doesn't feel like it could ever get scratched enough, right? Does that run out at the intermediate level? Because I don't know many people at the top that, that are like still that. in that space. Yeah, yeah I, I tend to agree. They've I've, turned it around yeah, a little I, bit. I think it definitely once you hit that intermediate level. Uh, I think still in the intermediate level because you're looking at guys that are at the advanced level. I think when you're truly, truly strong, uh, it does shift because suddenly you're kind of there. And it's yep. like, oh, fuck. Like, yeah, then you kind of have to figure out what the purpose of what you're yeah, training there's still doing a lot is. of pride there's still ego yeah but there's still you're not walking up to a deadlift being like you're a piece of shit yeah like, because you're like oh well i've kind of got everything sorted now yeah like do you know what i mean well, it's, it's also age do you yep. know what i mean like maybe if i was still training maybe i wouldn't have that if i was training at 30 but like at early 20s and stuff like that um with some tumultuous life circumstances in my early <laughs> years. Like, you know what I mean? Like you have, you like you carry trauma or you carry like chips on your shoulders yep. about like where you're up to in that type point of time. And I think it is a great driver where I think like even that if I had started at 30, maybe I had, fi maybe I would have figured out things enough and been at peace with myself enough to not, to not train so to hard. To not have that, right? But that's yep. probably not great unless I'd had another really, really strong driver like, now, when I look at like purpose of why I'm doing it, it's to lead a younger generation of lifters. It's to try and yep. teach people to do it better. It's to, it's because it's my fucking job. I don't have a choice. Like this yep. is my job. This is what I've decided that my job is. So my job is to maintain being strong mm. and to help others do so, right? So that's a big driver is like to lead from the front because I want to yep. be a great leader. Like now it's like, okay, well, like I want my son to see what the fruits are from working hard and training and competing and stuff like that. And I yep. want to set the example. So the purpose changes, but definitely when I was younger, um, I was scratching an inch that couldn't be scratched and it wasn't a good one. But I do think long-term, the, yeah. the results from longevity, like when you look at though who that he who stays in the longest gets the strongest, right? Yep. I think it's a really good way for that negative side, like scratching that itch is a really good way to burn bright but fast. Yep. And I think as long as you can switch that at a, pivotal time or at a good time that you can stay in longer by having a more positive reason and purpose for what you're doing yeah uh, maybe that's where everyone struggles they get to a certain level mm. and all that negative talk and that reason to prove themselves yeah and they can't switch the and no self-worth yeah in and they can't like switch motivation. the reason yeah and then they eventually just burn Potentially. out yeah who knows or they're just like stuff this yeah I'm done yeah I'm sick yeah. of it yeah i just can't compete at that level because my life falls apart yeah, yeah, that's a very big one. Is like I, I oh, preps are always. <laughs> I, I can't do a big prep yeah, again preps, because yeah, 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 everything, right, everything fell apart. Falls apart. Well, then that's probably saying where things are coming from for you. You're at that turning point where you've got to flip it around. Yeah, or or get out. 
um, or you probably go to something else that you're putting negative energy into because you're not learning a lesson. Yeah. Anyways, that's a bit more life <laughs> focused. Yeah. Um, but I mean, intrinsic motivation being a key driver, knowing where that intrinsic motivation is coming from, whether it's like yep. a negative or positive light and probably long term. Flipping it into something positive is maybe the ideal. Extrinsic motivation is still super helpful. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Community, Massively. having you yelling at me is a great motivation. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Having you beat me all the time at log is a great motivation <laughs> sometimes. Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like there's extreme, like Instagram, social media, like there is like ego is not a bad thing. It's just something yep. to keep into check um, or something to understand um, and know its place yeah i think but it definitely is a driver you're in a individual sport not a team sport you're out here for yourself there's a level of narcissism involved there's a little like level of ego and pride in what you're doing because it is you against the other dude next to you which is something that's cool about it something that you have to keep in check and monitor but something that yep. you should be, be understanding of as well yeah it can all be taken good or bad yeah you can wrap really. it however you like really yeah do it if you want that's the short of it Go be strong, but do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. Do it however like how, however pleases take, take you. Take whatever you want. Bring yeah. a taste to comps. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do do drugs. Don't do drugs. But if you want to be the best, like I mean, like we're talking about how to go from novice to pro. Just mm. understand that it's a journey. Like yep. it's like there's no sh there is no shortcuts. And they're like, oh, PDs. No, <laughs> there's not. Like you can be. Mm. You have to be genetically gifted or not genetically gifted, and then that determines like how hard you have to work long time and how that like how long you're gonna have to put into it. But like talking about sacrifice, talking about uh, like training age, talking about um, uh, what else do we talk about? What were your three things? I can't remember them. Do we remember his three things? Training age, genetics. genetics. Genetics, yeah, sacrifice. Yeah. Um, there's a whole lot that comes into that factor or that ingredients list that makes a professional or advanced athlete. Um, but I think the big one is, I think the most, the biggest one is consistency over time, always. Yeah. Trumps everything. Showing up, whether you feel motivated or not, showing up whether the training is going well or not, showing up whether it doesn't matter. I've got athletes that have shown up for six weeks and been like i just don't feel like it i'm just doing the bare minimum mm. and then end up getting a pb at the end of it and i'm like you just showed up like i've showed up don't liking it don't yeah. underestimate yeah you feel like you're not going hard enough yeah but don't underestimate like what moderately hard does mm. yeah 100%. in terms of building strength yeah and technique and just consistency like what's the difference between not doing that time or six weeks and doing that time at moderate yeah Big difference. So showing up consistently. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, there is no perfect path to walk if you want to go from novice to advanced and not everyone will be able to walk the full journey anyway. Yeah. Um, but I think it's knowing some of the factors that you might come up against uh, and just understanding that I think the biggest fault that I see people doing is just trying to speed the process up too fast. Yeah. Like but that's because the sport's still relatively young. Yeah, and the st and, and people are pushing because it's quite heavy and stuff at the moment. The sport's developing. Probably and people are getting into it late. Yeah, outrunning the game and they're seeing people at the top and they're getting into it late and then they're trying to sort of ca play catch up. Yeah. Um, that's people, people get into it at 30 and they're like, well, I'm screwed at 40. Yeah. I've got 10 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to go as hard as I can. Yeah. 
which there's some pros to and some cons to. But mm. yeah, I mean, I think we've covered a fair bit in terms of like the journey from, or like at least our journeys from going from yeah. like novice to pros. Um, yeah. And hopefully that helps give some insight into how you can close the gap or complete that journey. Anything else? No, I think that's it. Sick. Done. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you in a fortnight's time for another episode of The Strong Man Safe. Sweet.